0: Welcome to The Help Desk for Monday the 14th of December. My name is Peter Wells.
1: And I'm Tess Bennett.
0: And we've got a very big story to start with, uh, one that's been bubbling along for about a week now. It's Airbnb's IPO.
1: Yeah, so on Friday, I believe it was, Airbnb smashed through Wall Street's expectations for its IPO, trading at a $100 billion valuation after its first day on the stock exchange. And the company was originally hoping for a $60 billion valuation just last week, but analysts marked the company up to $80 billion following DoorDash's massive IPO on Wednesday.
0: Yeah, Airbnb had a difficult 2020 as the floor dropped out of the tourism industry, but it fared, be- fared better than most. Its operational cost plummeted just along with its revenue, as the company almost owns no premises and doesn't have to pay for cleaning and maintenance and real estate and all of those kind of things across its network. For comparison, Airbnb is valued at twice the rate now of the Hilton Hotel chain, which owns actual real estate and buildings across the planet. Does that make any
1: sense? You know, I'm completely unqualified to answer that exact question, <laughs> <laughs> but it has been quite a comeback for Airbnb this year. So they'd been planning their IPO for much earlier in the year and had to put those plans on ice when the pandemic hit and really has has come back at the end of the year just you know just with a few weeks left of 2020 with a vaccine on the horizon and having survived really and seen and trimmed down its business and there's still demand for people uh wanting to go live in other people's houses for a weekend or so oh
0: it's insane it isn't ins- i mean yeah it is a hell of a comeback and not one i expected Uh, i really did think they'd put their ipo on hold until the vaccine but it shows just how confident they are in their stock.
1: Yeah, but we've got to uh, spare a thought for the ex-Airbnb staff who didn't get rich last week. Uh, Corey Weinberg at The Information reports that the company cancelled around $616 million worth of investors' stock awards through the first nine months of the year. The majority of those awards likely belonged to the roughly 1,800 employees that Airbnb let go in April, which was around 25% of its staff.
0: Speaking of staff, Uber as a collective is something that I've been really interested in for a long time. And so the publication in these times has a story about the ride-sharing app that you can feel good about. The service is called Driver's Cooperative and it's been in development for the last year and is launching in 2021 in in New York. Now this article is just a kind of feature piece on the company itself and its founders, but Driver's Co-op aims to feature all of the services and convenience of the ride-sharing app's Uber and Lyft, but without any of that rider's guilt?
1: So specifically, the service will take 15% in fees from the driver, which is 10% less than Uber and Lyft, while organising to pay for petrol and servicing of its drivers cars something that Uber and Lyft don't offer and in fact something we we don't often talk about in these when we talk about Uber and Lyft is the the drivers are sort of loaning the company money to work for them mm-hmm. by paying their own insurance and their own maintenance and their own petrol costs And the other big difference is at the end of the year or the end of 2021, any funds left over from the kitty of this co-op will be returned to all the drivers as dividends.
0: Yeah, it's pretty impressive. Uh, Ken Lewis, a co-founder of Drivers Co-op, says the way the Uber model is organised is extractive. It takes money out and doesn't give much back. Imagine a company that doesn't have any profits, but it has created billionaires. That money is coming from the drivers. So uh, there's a couple of different versions of this that have been popping up in some of the smaller cities around America. So I've been following one for about the last year down in Austin, Texas. Austin has banned... Uber and Lyft from its city and, and has its own kind of cooperative drive, drive share, rideshare thing there. Uh, and I just, I love the idea because it, it seems like there's not a huge barrier to entry to, to get a, a rideshare app off the ground. So I, I think, I don't know. What do you think, Tess? Like, uh, is Uber's brand good enough that people will stick with it? Or if something that is, that costs the same, but gives the driver more money, I, I'd jump on that in a second.
1: Yeah, I, I think the, the co-op model is interesting and it, it doesn't seem like the thing that would scale really cl- quickly globally, but it would work really well in each individual city. And then maybe mm. if there was a way you could link up those apps when you traveled from Sydney to Melbourne to fill in those gaps, I, I could see that working. But it, the co-op model is really interesting. I can't really think of too many examples in Australia where we've embraced this this sort of structure. But I guess the one the one thing this did sort of story did remind me of is the ride sharing service down in Melbourne, Sheba, which has all female drivers, I, I believe. And they had a pub, uh, equity crowdfunding raise not long ago. And a lot of their drivers actually bought stock at a small valuation or for a small amount of money to buy into the company as a way of supporting it. So it's really interesting there that, that I think any way where you can bring your employees in to be co-owners of the business is a positive result.
0: Moving on. And of course, one of the big stories last week was Salesforce buying Slack. And Fast Company have actually followed up on that story with uh, a very good article arguing that this is once again, an argument for antitrust. So Fast Company points out that the CEO of of Slack, sorry, Stuart Butterfield has previously made it clear that he never really wanted to sell to any company. We talked about this when the acquisition went through, but he found it harder and harder to fight against Microsoft's uh, largely copycat product teams.
1: Yeah, so this article uh, goes on to say that Slack's uh, decision to be acquired by Salesforce indicates a defensive acquisition where a company is no longer able to compete independently against the tech giants. And these giants, armed with nearly limitless funds and extensive client relationships, frequently abuse their advantage and bully smaller upstarts into oblivion. Even Slack could not stay independent in a matchup against Microsoft. So that's quite a, a, a Strong takeaway from that that deal.
0: Yeah, I think so, and and I think the the point I would uh, underline there when it comes to this specific case is those enterprise relationships because it is just. Too hard to get uh, a company to sign up to anything new, no matter how sexy it looks. Uh, it, it's it's easy to get the uh, startups to jump on board, but you know a giant company that has lots of levels of security is always going to go for Microsoft over anything else.
1: So Microsoft has so far avoided antitrust scrutiny this time around that Facebook, Google, and Amazon are facing. But as this article also notes, Slack did file an antitrust complaint against Microsoft in the EU back in July. And its complaint there was that Microsoft was using its market power to crush competition by bundling Teams, its Slack rival, with Microsoft Office. So as you're saying, just those existing enterprise relationships and trust and, you know, Microsoft already having that in with all those enterprises. Slack was saying that 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 was unfair for them to compete against.
0: Speaking of defensive acquisitions, Twitter has acquired Squad, a screen sharing app that I've never heard of. So once again, this shows just how old I am. Apparently, it's very popular with young girls. Have you heard of it, Tess? (laughs)
1: No, I hadn't. And I had to sort of look at a picture or a screenshot of it to get a concept of it. But it's it's kind of like a fun Zoom when you're yeah. in, a, in a video chat, but also sharing your screen. So like imagine like a really fun version of your meeting at work.
0: <laughs> exactly right yeah it's, it's zoom for kids so it, it looks quite interesting uh, beta versions of twitter of the twitter app recently have shown a chat room like interface and audio sharing so the company was clearly interested in adding these kind of features to its platform but i guess buying squad just seems like an easier thing in the end
1: and the squad users are pretty angry about the deal because The service has immediately been shut down by Twitter as soon as they bought it, basically, which actually does remind us of the time Twitter bought Vine and uh, decided it it no longer wanted to keep that product up and running. And those upset users later rallied behind TikTok. So that was potentially a a big missed opportunity for Twitter that they probably don't want to repeat.
0: Aren't they uh, destined to just do this again with Squad? I mean, like if I, if you look at the demographics of Twitter, it is politicians and Gen Xers. Like no one, no baby boomers and no uh, millennials are on Twitter for the most part. So. That, uh, why do they keep buying these, these apps to get the kids in? The kids don't want to be on Twitter.
1: Yeah, I thought it was, before I looked at the picture of it and saw how fun it was, I was like, oh, maybe they're getting into a more well-rounded enterprise product, like to, st- to the previous story around Slack and needing video and those other, other features to compete. But, uh, yeah, looking at it, it is, it is targeted at a different Twitter demographic. I guess those are valuable users that they need to work out how to reach. Question mark?
0: I don't think they're going to do it with this. Anyway, you know, pull one out for squad and it it always sucks when a a service you love gets bought and then immediately destroyed. Anyway, that's all we have time for today. Thank you, Tess Bennett. Thanks, Peter. Um, And we will speak to you tomorrow. Have a good one.
1: Bye. Bye.